Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, go ahead and find a seat because we've got a lot going on. We're going to get through it all. So right now, we have a super honor and privilege this morning. We're sending a team to Uganda, and they're going to leave in like an hour and 15 minutes. So can you guys get up here, something like that? We're going to pray over them. So wherever you guys are at, if you could come all the way up here, we're going to pray for these guys as they're preparing to go. We're so excited. Um, they're headed over. They're going to be um, partnering with um, Amina which is an organization that you support, that we support here through LifeWest, but they're going to go. They're going to be ministering over there. So let's pray over these guys. If you would join me and just extend your hands and come all the way up. Look at this. I love it. If nobody's got a phone, will somebody take a picture? Just make sure we get a picture of this. If you say nobody, if you say somebody, nobody does anything. So Carrie, will you find... James, thank you. Even better. Come on. Let's get a photo. I would absolutely love that, but let's... um, Come on, extend your hands and let's pray as well. Well, God, we just come before you, and I thank you for this team that's going over there, God, who are taking steps. They are putting themselves, God, in your will and in the way of the devil, and I just thank you for peace as they travel, as they go, that you would protect them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet. God, give them boldness to speak your word. I thank you, God, that you are ordering their steps, that even now you are orchestrating, God, encounters. You are orchestrating God, right now, meetings, we just we bind the devil and any work of the Satan that would be going on, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to do through this team. Give them boldness to speak your word to people's lives and into situations. I thank you that you're ordering their steps. Give them peace. God, open doors that need to be opened. I thank you that hearts are being softened, and God, we ask you to come and to confirm your word with signs and wonders. We thank you for what you're doing in and through them. I speak health to every one of their bodies as they go. Give them strength. Give them boldness. Give them energy, and we thank you for all that you're going to do both in and through them in Jesus' name. And all together we said... Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you guys so much. Oh, that is going to be so much fun. That's going to be wild. Every missions trip I've ever gone on, um, I've, I've come back and been like, um, I got ministered to more than I did ministering. Like, they, they are life-changing. I'm so excited, so excited for that whole team and what they're up to. And Welcome. Man, if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name is Samuel, and it's just my absolute honor to serve you guys here at LifeWest. You are an amazing group of people, and if you don't know this, our mission is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. And wherever you are, God has equipped you, positioned you, and gifted you to do something unique in the body of Christ. You're not just breathing in and breathing out until you die. You, you, God has a purpose for your life. We want to help you to know what that is. One of the ways that we do that it's through a class that we do, and it's going to kick up here in another couple of weeks. It's a four-week class called Growth Track, and that's going to start again in June. So the first, Sunday, the first service, the first Sunday, we've got a class. You come on in here, or you can head straight to the library, which is just down that hall, and we're going to help you to know, discover what your gifts and talents are, know who God is, and begin to learn how to make a difference today. It doesn't matter what age you are. If, if you have not gone through that class, I highly, highly encourage you to do it. Now, we're in a series, we're really just kind of going through Ephesians, and and this is called Made Known, because in Ephesians, this book here is really where Paul, who wrote it, 
authored by God. Again, the Bible was authored by God, but it was written by man. So Paul, who wrote somewhere around half of the New Testament, authored by God, written by man, is writing Ephesians to a group of Christians. And he's really explaining, and there's so much in here, of what it means and things that you and I need to know in order to live this Christian life. Because I think you realize this, and I think you know, that as a Christian, when you become a Christian, you don't just like change your label. It's not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a Christian now, so maybe I'll like put a fish on my car. Like, that, that's not it. It's meant to change the way that we live. And he's like, look, this is how it's going to change the way that you live. So we're going to start in Ephesians, and we're in chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1, and here's what it says. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you used to walk when you were conformed to the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And it says this in verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging in its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature children of wrath. Now, there's something I want to bring up about this, and it's kind of, I think a good way to illustrate this would be a bicycle, okay? And, and I say that because everything comes back to mountain biking. I don't know if you know that or not. But Jason, bring, bring that on up here, which speaking of mountain biking, I'm our mountain biking group. We're going to be riding Tuesday. We'd love to have you. So if you want to know a little bit about it, we just kind of meet and then we go when we ride. So yeah, just here, why don't I take that right here and then you can just come around here because I'm going to need you to help me with this. So this is a mountain bike and, and there's a little bit of a problem with this bike. I don't, I don't know if you know it. Um, it's got a flat tire. Now, my bikes don't normally have flat tires, but for this illustration, I needed one, so I popped it, okay? So I, so, so I, I popped it, and then Molly's like, Dad, this is Molly's bike, and she's like, Dad, I was going to ride that. I'm like, no, you weren't. She goes, yes, I was. I was going to ride that, and now you popped it, and now I can't. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're just, you're just a little drama queen. But okay, so this thing's, this thing's popped, right? So, so here's what we got. Let me, let, me, let me see what we can do here. If I... It's flat. I mean, is it flat or is it popped? I mean, it's kind of both. But here's what I've got. Is I've got a pump, so I'm going to put this pump on it. I'm going to go like this. And then this is, this is my backpack pump. Ah! It works better when you make noise. Okay, so there it's kind of going. But I'm... Hold on a second. I've got another way of doing this, too. So then I've got this. Okay, so... Because that's really for emergencies, okay? You, you get stuck out there, and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. So now I've got another pump, and I can put this one on. Now this, <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this one gets it done. So we're just going to leave that there and Jason right there for just a minute. He asked how long. I told him like a minute, and I lied just to get him up here. He's going to be up here a really long time. Okay, so, so here we've got the bike. Now, here's something I want you to realize. Here's what he's talking about in Ephesians. He says, the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Talking about, the, there's a fact. A, a theme that runs through scripture is this, that there are two worlds, that there's the natural and the supernatural. And if all we do is focus on one of them, but ignore the other, we're going to get frustrated. We're going to get frustrated. Because I don't know if you can hear it, but everybody just listen. Let me see if I can find it. Jason hears it. I should have marked it. 
Okay, so this is leaking. It's leaking air. And if all I do is just keep pumping it full of air, guess what? It's not going to do anything because it's just going to keep leaking air. So I can just do this, and I'm going to unplug it, and I'm like, okay, it's good. And then this is just going to leak more air. Now, I can get different pumps, and I can, I can, I'm like, okay, I, I can even get an air compressor and just, like, blast this thing. But if I don't address the hole in the tire, it's just going to keep going flat over and over and over. There's, there's two things that need to be addressed in order for this to work and function properly. Thank you very much. Can you take the bike and go? Come on. There are two things that need to be addressed. Now, if we, in our life, if we only address things in the natural and we ignore the spiritual, you will get frustrated. You will get frustrated because you're like, what in the world is going on? And on the other hand, if all we do is we address the spiritual but we ignore the natural, you're going to be frustrated as well. And here's what Paul's talking about. He says, there are two Understand this, there is a devil. There is a devil. He's a fallen angel is what it tells us in Luke chapter 10. But what we need to remember, Ephesians 6 says this in verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against every ruler and authority of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There is a spirit realm and it's, if, again, if all we do is focus on any of these two and we forget the other one, there's going to be an issue. If I fix the flat tire, if I find where I poked the thumbtack through, because that's literally what I did, and I put a little patch over it, but I don't pump it up, it's not going to do any good. They both have to come together, and when we do, I get, or I replace the tube, or I find what it is, and then I fill it with air. The, it, it'll hold air, because that's what it's designed to do. And in our life, we must, I'm telling you, some of the frustration that you ever are feeling, you're like, man, I've done everything that I know to do, but you've done it in one arena. And if we neglect the other, it leads to frustration because we're like, it's not working. When the truth is, this pump is working just fine. The problem is there's another arena that needs to be addressed. There's another arena that needs to be addressed. So the spiritual arena. I want to talk about the spiritual arena for just a second. Because honestly, guess what? This room right now, like we look around and I see you, but there's angels in this room. I can't see them right now, but there's angels in this room. Now there's an instance in the Bible where, this is in 2 Kings, where Elisha was a prophet. And, and King Aram was trying to come and attack the Israelites. And every time he would set up to attack them, Elisha would go to the king and say, hey, King Aram is waiting for you right over that mountain. He's over there with an army. Every single time. And Aram gets frustrated. The king gets frustrated. And he's like, that's it. Who among you is not on our side? He says, who's with the Israelites? Which one of you are a spy? He goes, how does, how does the king of Israel, how do they know where we are every single time? And one of his men answer, and he's like, no, 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 none of us. He says, but there is a man, Elisha, a prophet, who tells the king of Israel the very words that you say in your bedroom. And the king's like, oh, well, go kill him. 
And you're like, wait a second. Like, just logic tells you, like, if he knows the words you're saying, anyways, anyways. But this is what happened. So King Aram's like, go kill him. So an entire army goes and surrounds Elisha's house because he was so upset. So in verse 16 of 2 Kings chapter 6, you can read this for yourself, Elisha's servant goes outside and sees this whole army and freaks out, runs back into Elisha, and Elisha says this, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Now, real quick, the servant had gone out of the house and seen the army that was surrounding them. Was he blind? No. I, I, I've never heard of a blind person telling me what they've seen. They're not like, oh, I just saw. No, because you can't. So he can see. So when Elisha prays, God, open his eyes, it was not that he was blind and could not see at all. It's God opened his eyes and he could see into the spirit realm. And this is what it says. Let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillsides around Elisha were filled with the horses and chariots of fire. The army of the Lord was surrounding them. And Elisha's whole stance was, there are more that are for us than are against us. There is a spirit realm. There is a battle. There are angels in this room. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us. Say what? It says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You ever think you're alone? This right here, you want to know what it says? It says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You're not alone. If you could see into the spirit realm, if your eyes were to be opened, you would not be alone. Why do I believe that? Matthew 8, verse 10 says this. See that you do not look down on any of these little ones. Jesus is talking about kids, and he says this. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of God. When you're born... You get an angel. It says their angels see the face of God. You ever look at a kid, a little baby, and they're having a riot, staring or talking at nothing? And I have asked, and I cannot wait for, Jesus, for God to tell me when I get to heaven. Because I'm like, are they seeing angels? Are, are there angels just like, hey, what's up? Pound it, like doing wing tricks. I don't know what they'd be. Maybe like angel magic. I don't know. Is that what's going on? But it says, their angel. So understand, there is a spirit realm. And you're like, okay, well, what does it matter? What do angels do? Well, great question. I'm really glad that you asked. I'm really glad that you asked. Here's what it says in Hebrews. In Hebrews 1 about angels, it says, are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So here's a couple examples of what angels, their roles were in the Bible and some things that they did. Daniel chapter 6 Daniel's thrown into a den of lions. And Daniel says this. He says, my God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. It wasn't just that all of a sudden, it wasn't like that Matrix movie where suddenly the, 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 the lions didn't have a mouth and the lions were like, no, an angel came and shut their mouths. John chapter 5, verse 4, it says this, that an angel 
went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. An angel was involved in healing. In Luke chapter 2, excuse me, Luke chapter 22, after Jesus fasted, it says that angels came and ministered to him. Psalms 91 says that angels, Psalms 91, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. Uh, Several years ago, many years ago now, Becca was um, biking to school. We were, we were married, and she was uh, headed downtown, so she was biking through. And she comes around a corner, and there's a group of people, and they're in, they're, they're in front, and she can't, in the, in the road, and she can't get around them, so she has to get off of her bike, and they don't, they don't just get out of the way and let her through, and she's like, just kind of gets a bad feeling, and she's like, this isn't good. And so she, now she's off of her bike, and she has to get to the other side of these this group of guys, and um, she's not feeling great about it. And she says, all of a sudden, somebody shows up next to me and says, Becca! And she looks over and she says, and I don't know him. I do not recognize him. I've never seen him before. Now, if I say I don't recognize somebody, that's not a big deal, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, he doesn't like, yeah, that's his, that's his son. And he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot about you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if Becca, like Becca... Becca has an amazing gift of remembering faces and names. It doesn't matter anywhere we go. We go to a restaurant, and she's like, the person sitting at the table, I know them. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, we're in California. You do not know them. She's like, no, I do. And then like 20 minutes later, I go to the bathroom, and I come back out, and they're having a conversation. She's like, we do. We met 17 years ago on a train. And I'm like, how do you remember that? Like, I can't remember our mailman's name. And you're like, no, no, no. This is She remembers all of it. So when Becca says she does not recognize this person, it means a whole lot. But this person knew her name. And this person stands right next to her and says, let's go. And they walk through this crowd of people and they get to the other side and she's fine and she can get back on her bike and this person's gone. That's one of those wonders I'm like, was it an angel? Sure could be. I'm pretty sure. I've got a few things. I'm like, okay, God, was I right? Was I wrong? When I get to heaven, I've got some questions. Like, was it? Was it not? How Did you save me here? What happened? But that's one of the things that the Bible says is that he will command his angels concerning you. Then this one, I love this, Acts chapter 5. There's several instances of this in your Bible that angels were involved in. Guess what angels were involved in? Jailbreaks. Oh, come on, jailbreaks. But at night, an angel of the Lord appeared at the prison doors and brought them out. Over and over, the angels are opening doors and making shackles fall off. And as these guys are wrongly imprisoned, angels were involved in prison breaks. I'm wondering, and I just have a question, like, are the angels like, ooh, my turn, let me, let me. I want to I wanna do this one. I want to, can I please, can I please? That's so much fun. If I was an angel, that's the job I'd want. I'd be like, come on, come on, Paul, I'm, I'm with you. Another thing that angels do, messages from God. Mary, Jesus' mother, what happened? An angel appeared to her and said, do not be afraid, and brought her a message from God. Moses, the burning bush, the Bible says that an angel spoke from the burning bush. Philip in Acts, this is New Testament, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, this is Acts chapter 8, get up and go south on the desert road. Just gave him some instructions. Gave him a step. I love it. I love it. 
Acts 8, 26, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. But that's all that it says that he said. Anybody find that odd? Like, can I get some more direction than just like, hey, turn left at the corner? Like if an angel shows up and all he gives me is turn left at the corner, would any of, anybody besides me be like, I think, is there more to the message? Like seriously, that's all that you want? But let me just remind you, the Lord leads in steps. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And this is such a fun study, Philip, because it says that an angel told him to go down to the road that leads to Gaza, and then the Spirit told him to approach a chariot. The Lord leads in steps. But these are all the things, so many, some of the things, some of the things that angels do. There is a spirit realm. If we ignore it and only deal with the natural, we will be frustrated, and you will be missing out. Now, I don't believe that there's a demon behind every rock. Absolutely, I don't. Now, that, that being said, um, one time, Becca and I were arguing. Probably the worst argument that we ever had. And it was over healing and in the Bible. Like, that's, that's what we were arguing about. But I was just like, I'm right, and she's wrong, and I do not understand why, and I've explained it so clearly, and I don't understand what's wrong with her, and I've done everything that I think I know to do, so I'm going to do the one thing left that I know to do. So I reached over, lay my hands on her, and I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I cast you demon out. <laughs> Dead serious? Dead? Oh, absolutely. And she just looks at me, and she goes, did you just cast a demon out of me? And I'm like, yes. She goes, why? I go, I don't know what's wrong with you. I do not know. I've done everything. So I'm going to do everything I know to do. And she's like, I don't have a demon just because I disagree. And I'm like, obviously, because we covered that. No, I'm teasing. I'm, I'm teasing on that, on that part. But I, I did, I did really. Because I'm going to do everything I know to do. Was I right? I don't think so, although we've never had that argument again. But anyways. <laughs> but it's not, I don't believe there's a demon behind every rock. I don't believe that everything is demonic. Sometimes we make stupid decisions and we reap the consequences of our own actions. Sometimes other people make stupid decisions and we are stuck with it because of circumstances and relations and ships that happen and it just happens. But if we completely neglect it, you will miss so much. And the battle that you are fighting, you can sit there battling all day trying to pump up that tire. But if you do not stop and say, wait a second, there's another aspect here. There's another aspect. So in the next six minutes, let's talk about some of those other aspects. Let's talk about some of those other aspects. Your thought life. You're sitting there and you're like, you know, I don't know why my thoughts are always running. They're going where they're not supposed to. And you're like, I want to deal with it. So you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be in the Word and I'm going to read some of, these, some, some of this stuff and I'm, I'm going to spend time in here and you just continually find your thoughts going where they're not supposed to. Have you stopped? And they're like, wait a second. Yes, you need to be like, okay, what am I putting in and what music am I listening to? What am I watching? Uh, what, what voices am I allowing to speak into my life? We need to look at those things in the natural. But then also, we need to look at the spiritual as well. And we need to be like, wait a second. And we need to realize that God's word says, cast down every thought that does not line itself up with the word of God. 
So spiritually, God has told you, you have the power to cast it down. I might not be able to stop a bird from flying over my head, but I can sure stop it from making a nest in what little hair I have. And it's the same with your thoughts. A thought might come in and come out, but you have the power to cast that thought down. And you say, no, I can't do it. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Have you gotten down on your knees and prayed and said, God, give me strength? I need you to help me with this. I've done what I know to do in the natural. And God, I'm coming to you because I need your supernatural help. These, this thought where my mind goes, whatever tendency it is, maybe it's thoughts of, of self like this isn't any good or, or you're no good. Do you know what God's word says about you're un, I'm, I'm unlovable, this thing that I did, if anybody ever knew? And God's like, no. Do you know what God's word has to say about it? There's a spiritual aspect to it. Some of you, there's that person. It might be a relative Maybe it's a coworker that you get around them and they hate you. They hate you. And you're like, I do not know what I did to deserve this. Now, some of you, you're like, no, I know what. But it's not, I'm not talking about the one you're like, I do not know why. I do not know why. And the reason why is, is because their demon recognizes Jesus inside of you and that's who hates you. You haven't done anything. And you've looked at it from the natural and you've tried to do everything in the natural. You've done everything you can think of in the natural. But the truth is, it's spiritual. Matthew 10, Jesus says this, you will be hated by everyone because of my name. Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And it's nothing that you've done, it's spiritual. This demon inside of them recognizes Jesus and the light inside of you and wants nothing to do with you. Wants nothing to do with you. It is, again, there's, there's natural and there's spiritual. And you're like, I know the relative. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Every time we get around them, there is a spiritual attack. They come, you, you decide what you're going to do. You pray, you and your wife, and you're like, this is what we're going to do. And you've set goals for the year. And you're like, we're changing some things we're doing with our family. We're reorienting our life around God's word and how we can build the kingdom of God. And you come together and you guys, yes, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. Or maybe, maybe you're not even married yet, but you're like, you're with your parents and you're a small group. And you're like, no, this is the decision I'm going to make. Make, this is how I can honor God with my life and going forward, and I'm seeking his will for my life, not just what do I want to do when I grow up. I think that's the stupidest question in the world. What do you want to do when you grow up? Have fun. I think, obviously, we just completely change that and say, what is God leading you to do? How do you believe God wants to use your gifts and talents? And so you've made that decision, and you're like, no, this is where I'm going. This is how I think God wants to use me. And you come to that decision, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody who's never done this before comes up to you and starts absolutely ripping into your decision. You know what it is, and now all of a sudden, it might be a relative, it's a coworker, it's somebody that just, out of the blue, they've never come up like this before, and now they're all of a sudden like, this is stupid, you're not supposed to do this, you can't hear from God, you know this isn't, this is going to ruin your career, this isn't going to work, this doesn't make any sense, and you're like, where did this come from? I can tell you where it came from. There is a spiritual aspect to this whole thing. There is a spiritual aspect to it. 
And we need to recognize and be like, wait a second. If Peter, we talked about this last week, if Peter, when talking to Jesus, all of a sudden, and Jesus says, I'm going to go to the cross, and all of a sudden, Jesus is telling this, and Peter looks at him and says, no, don't do this. Jesus looks over at Peter, one of his disciples, and says, get behind me, Satan. For you do not have in mind the things of Christ. There is a spiritual aspect to every relationship. When we open up our doors and our homes and we're inviting people in, we're welcoming them and the spirits that they bring. Let me just say to you parents, if your kids have a friend that you don't feel right about, that's enough right there. You do not have to have a, this is the reason why I don't want you to hang out with them. If you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, He wants to lead you, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Years ago, I had a friend, someone, someone honestly just at church, kind of started hanging out in the same little group. I remember my mom walked up one day after church and she goes, who is that? I said the name, I don't remember what it was. Um, my mom goes, don't hang out with her anymore. I don't, I don't want you spending time with her. Don't hang out with her. And I'm like, I'm running sound in the gym at church and she's in here too. And my mom just goes, don't hang out with her anymore. At the time I was just like, okay, I'm this junior high kid. And I'm like, all right. I look back now and I can see the timeline of when my mom told me not to hang out with her. Just don't hang out with her. Didn't give me a reason, just said, I don't get a good feeling. And this girl and the choices that she was making and the people that she drugged down a, a very not good path that she took. I didn't see it at the time. But my mom was sensitive. She didn't have a reason for it. She says, I don't feel right about that. My mom's like, mom, my dad goes, if mom feels it, that's what it's going to be. And I'm like, okay, okay. There are, there are two worlds. That person that's after you, you can't control another person. They come out and they just begin to attack you out of the middle of the nowhere. You're like, why? What is going on? Because there is a devil and he's real. And you need to pray and you need to pray. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you listen to that voice. And maybe you're going, and you're like, I'm going to be around this person, and they're going to attack me. And so you just preemptively, you get together with your spouse, and you're like, okay, you know they're going to attack us, but that's okay. We're going to pray for them. The Bible says pray for them, so that's exactly what we're going to do. And if God tells you to do something different, you do that. But you pray, you say, okay, we're going in here united and stronger than before, and we're recognizing that this is a spiritual battle, because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's some frustration, because all you're doing is you're focusing on one thing, and you think, if I just work a little harder in the natural, if I'm just a little bit sweeter, if I do this, they are never going to approve of what you're doing, because you're seeking the kingdom of God first. And it just looks a little different. It just looks different. Proverbs 21, 24. I think I read it, was it today or yesterday? Where it says, if the Lord directs a man's path, how can he understand his own way? 
and you're hearing from God, and you're like, nope, I know this is the next step for me. I know this is the next step for my family. I've prayed about what college to go to, and this is, this is where I'm going. This is why I'm not going to this college. This is what I'm doing. This is where God's leading me. And all of a sudden, people who never cared before are coming around you like, wait a second. You, you hear from God. Remember this, that God will never speak to you something that doesn't line up with God's word. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three, let everything be established. So get around some other godly people who can help confirm the word that he spoke to you. We don't just run off on tangents. And then we recognize. I've seen this so many times. I had a friend in high school who witnessed to a neighbor, got her coming to church. And as soon as she started coming to church, her parents didn't care what she did or who she spent time with, or what they did, or how late, or who she had to spend the night, didn't care at all. But as soon as she started going to church, her parents are like, no, you can't hang out with those Bible people anymore. You're grounded. Every time we had youth group, she was grounded. Because all of a sudden, her parents cared. They didn't care about all this bad stuff that she was doing, self-destructive stuff that she was doing. But the minute that they see her begin to grow spiritually, surrender her heart to God, all of a sudden her parents care like, no, you can't do that anymore. Because there is a spiritual battle. But we win. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we're aware of it. And we're sensitive to God's leading. And we realize, you know what? I'm going to deal with the natural, but I'm going to address the supernatural as well. Because you're going to come up against some battles. But we have victory because we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We stand up. We pray. Like, wait a second. I recognize what this is. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to stop trying to please so-and-so. I'm going to do what I know God is asking me to do. I'm just going to obey. If they want to be upset, they're just going to be upset. And that it's okay. Because it's an audience of one. Who are we after? I want to please Jesus with all of my life, with all of my heart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to close service here a minute. But before I do, I want to say, I want to know, do you know where you stand with God? Are you here this morning? They say, you know, I'd love to know, but I don't. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you because he does. You may have been a surprise to someone, but you're not a surprise to God. So if you're here this morning, you say, today's the day I want to give my life to him. I want to begin to know why I'm here. I want to begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for me. I want to be forgiven from my past, set free, and begin to walk in the peace that comes only through the knowledge of him. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat this morning. If you're listening online, right where you are, you can know. If that's you, then at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray together. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up and say, that's me, and today is my day. I'm giving my heart, thank you, and my life to you. All right, hands down. Would everybody repeat after me? Let's just pray with those that lifted their hands. Everybody just say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. And from now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'm going to serve you. I believe that you came, died, shed your blood so I could be free. And from now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.